Dear listeners, Sairam and greetings from Prashanti Nilayam. Welcome to our radio program, Afternoon Satsang. This is a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live, hosted by Prem and Arvind at 12.30pm Indian Standard Time on Thursdays, only on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. The discussion is on the Ramakatha Rasavahini, a book written by Swami, and today's episode was first broadcast live on 17th April 2014. Have a listen please. Offering our humble pranams at Bhagwan's lotus feet, dear listeners, we welcome you to this week's episode of Afternoon Satsang. And just as we spoke last week, we're going to continue the story of Lord Rama. Sri Rama Rama Rame Di Rame Rame Manorame Sahasranamatatulyam Ramanamavaranane Even as the beautiful name of Lord Rama fills our hearts with melody and our ears with music, dear listeners, this is the time when we have to just let go of all our worries, all our thoughts, all our tensions, everything. Just let go of everything because we are about to embark on a beautiful journey. A journey into the greatest stories ever told by mankind. And that is the story of Lord Sri Rama as narrated and told to us by himself, Sai Rama. So dear listeners, it is with great joy that Brother Prem and myself Arvind from Team Radio Sai, we invite you to join this satsang in which we have two unseen listeners, one of course our dear Swami and the other, the listener who is always present wherever the name of Rama and the story of Rama is said, that is Lord Hanuman, offering our obeisance to the greatest devotee, a devotee who was so fantastic, so phenomenal, so wonderful and so excellent. Excellent in his devotion that he has today been exalted to the status of God, Lord Hanuman. We begin this satsang. Sairam Prem. Sairam Arvind, even as that wonderful shloka from the Vishnu Sarasanamu was being sung so mellifluously by our brother Srinivasalu from the Book Trust. Just a couple of days back, I think if I'm not wrong, yesterday mm-hmm. we got a mail from one of our listeners who shared with us uh, one of her life-changing experience when she was diagnosed with a very, very serious disorder and she was admitted in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was very, very bravely battling this. And when all the doctors gave up, she still managed to come out. And she said what was most interesting in that entire experience was there was something deep within her which was telling her chant this shloka Shri Rama Rama Rame Ti Rame Rame Mano Rame Varanane and she said she had no clue where this voice came from but it was going on prompting her that you have to chant this shloka and every time when she would inadvertently forget to chant it there would be another voice saying that what are you doing this is the 
only thing which can take you out of this trouble that you've got into. Never let go of this name, Chand Desloka. And she says that she did come out of it eventually and it was a miracle which all the doctors themselves acknowledged. Wow. You know, there's something really, really special about the Ram Nam as they call it, Prem. You see, even in our day-to-day quotes and quotations, whether in Hindi or English, for example, in Hindi we have Dil mein Ram, Hat mein Kaam. Right. You know, as you do your work, you can convert it or transform it into worship by thinking of Ram. Of course, there Ram is symbolic and Ram stands for thinking about the Lord. But I don't think it is a coincidence that, you know, the word Ram has come there because, you know, if you see in another sense, it is such a simple word, so easy to pronounce so easy to keep in mind and in spite of being so simple and lucid and everything in size and the way to pronounce in meaning it is so beautiful no wonder no wonder that the origin of this name is from the great Vashishta you know even as you're saying about how sweet it is and how simple it is I can tell you that even as a little kid I mean I was so fond of this name in the sense that it was taught to us by our parents and said that you should chant this and uh, I remember in school playing cricket facing fastball is going on chanting Ram, Ram, Ram before playing the ball. But you know, when I came to Swami, that is when before you read Ramayana and the other epics, it is just that you're given a name and you said that you should chant this if you want to overcome your fears. But when you read, you tend to be a little more biased towards the avatar of Krishna because that's more delightful and there is more beauty in that avatar, a lot of mischief. Rama is, as they would say, is Maryada Purushottam, you know. That is for those people who are steadfast and the discipline-oriented ones. Mm. So I used to get that idea, maybe I should chant Krishna Krishna more and you know that is more sweet Hmm. but when I came to Swami and when Swami would tell in his discourse that you have no idea how much sweetness that name Ram can give you have no idea how much glory that name that simple name can bring and I think before we go further and talk about how that name was conferred on this avatar we should listen to Swami reciting a small poem where he says how sweet this name is wow Dari saramu kantenu ruchyamaunu Pempekina tene kanna Ati ruchyamu Notanu palka palka gam Amrutami yani pinchunu kana Nityami chakkanidani Nityam Chakanidani Manasa Manasa Smarimpumu Ramanamamun. Sweeter than the sugar, tastier than the curd, tastier than that of honey. To utter the name of the Lord is really nectarine. Repeat God's name, O mind, every day. You know, Prem, when I listen to these uh, translation and Swami's discourse, Mm -hmm. you realize the wide gulf that exists between the beauty and poetry of Telugu and how English is just unable to cope up with the intricacies that Swami uses in the language. For example, in the translation that we heard, which is a perfect translation, we hear of how Rama's name is tastier than curd and Rama's name is tastier than honey. But you know, there's a subtle difference. I'm sure if Professor Anil Kumar sir had more time to translate, he would have gone into those intricacies. But you 
know the power of compression that Telugu has apparently English doesn't have and therefore for the sake of finishing a translation in time he has to say that but you know the term that Swami uses it means you know it's honey is such that you lick it once you feel like licking it once more you are never satisfied with it you are never satisfied with a single lick or two licks or three licks how much ever you eat that honey you feel that you want more of it you want more of it and I feel with each of those description a different facet of Ramanama I said one is that it is sweeter than that it is tastier and at the same time apart from being sweet and tasty it is such that you will never feel full you will never feel that I have done enough of Ramanam the more you do Ramanam Japa the more addicted you get to it the more you want of it indeed really beautiful so nicely Swami sums it up in that poem there right I remember when Swami was once talking about curd he would say you will not feel a meal is complete if you have not had curd and rice and in that sense you don't feel that sense of fulfillment if this name is not chanted and that is maybe the comparison Swami was saying tastier than curd now going back to the Ramakatha Rasavahini I mean, all the time we are in the Rasavahini of the Ramakatha only. But going as per the story where Swami narrates about the birth of Lord Sri Rama, Swami gives a beautiful description of how nature erupted in joy. You know, the trees began to flower. Mm-hmm. And you know, the period in which Rama was born. In fact, when Rama was born, it is said that Dasharatha announces. He announces it so that all those who are going to write down his Jatakam, what they say, that is the... Astrology. Uh, the astrologers uh, will chart the horoscope. Right. So for their sake, means I will read out this small paragraph what Swami has said. Uh, Swami writes that Dasharatha announces that the child of Kausalya, that is Rama, yet not yet been named then, was born at the most propitious moment, the Uttarayana, the divine half year, in the month of Chaitra, the bright fortnight, the ninth day, in the Punarvasu star, on Monday, in the Simhalagna. Simhalagna corresponds to the zodiacal sign of the lion. Leo. Leo, yeah. In the Abhijita Kala, the time Abhijit is the period of victory, when the world was resting happily, when the weather was equable, that is it was neither too hot nor cold. And Kaikasan, that is Bharata, was born on the next day, that is in Chaitra, the bright half, the tenth day, on Tuesday, the Ganda Yoga. The third day were born the twins, Lakshmana and Shatrughna. Same, Chaitra, bright half, either eleventh day now, in the Ashlesha Nakshatra, the Ashlesha star, Vriddhi Yoga. So, these are the, if we can say, timing coordinates for the birth of the four princes and if we can understand see that Chaitra month is the month of spring and so nature too was celebrating you know there were trees blossoming flowers fruits bees buzzing around birds flying around such a beautiful atmosphere it seemed that nature was verily celebrating the birth of the four princes very true and uh, another point which Swami would often make in other discourses is you know generally we consider these two days as inauspicious Ashtami and Navami Hmm. you know when we were students Swami would discourage us from traveling on Ashtamis and Navamis if our vacations would start on an Ashtami and Navami the teacher in charge who used to book tickets for us would refuse to book tickets because he would say that no no Swami doesn't like you traveling on Ashtamis and Navamis I also remember in fact you know if you were forced to by circumstances to travel on an Ashtami we would be told that you pack your luggage and on the day before Ashtami keep the luggage out that is symbolic of you leaving your home on a day other than Ashtami so continue please Swami would also follow that when he's traveling from Brindavan to Puttaparthi or Puttaparthi to elsewhere or Brindavan he would see whether it's an Ashtami or Naomi I think Swami also would 
not like to travel on Tuesdays. That was also one of his preferences. It's really mysterious to say the least that Swami chose to follow all these ritualistic beliefs. But it was a lesson for all of us that I think it, it also gives you a sense of humility. Yes, you are divine essentially. Yes, you are the absolute essentially. But when you are in this ignorance, it calls for that humility to accept some of these rituals which have been given down by people who have done it for our benefit. What would the ancients who have given these traditions down to us earn by you not traveling on a Tuesday or Ashtami or Naomi? It is for that sense of selflessness with which they have given, I think, to honor that. You humbly accept all this. That's what even Swami did when he had no reason to do it. In another sense, I feel, you know, as long as we are bound in this game of life, we play by the rules. If you take soccer, for example, why should it be a corner if it goes beyond the goalkeeper and why should it be a free throw when it's on the sides? Those are the rules of the game. So as long as we are within the game, we play by the rules. Once, you know, for yogis, for the Lord, for those who have gone beyond the game, those enlightened ones, those which are filled with wisdom, I don't think the rules apply for them. And that is why this becomes an example of humility because though none of these rules apply for Swami, He still adheres by the rules to set a role model for us. And I feel that is very, very inspiring. And talking about Ashtami Navami and we celebrate Rama's birth as Rama Navami because the day was a Navami. Hmm. And this is something Swami would refer to in His discourses. Swami would say, we say that Ashtami and Navami is inauspicious. But Rama was born on a Navami. Krishna was born on an Ashtami. Krishna Ashtami. Correct. And Swami would also say that, see, none less than Vasishta is naming Lord Rama. None less than Prasij Vasishta is presiding over a ceremony where his horoscope is being charted out. Okay. And none less than Vishwamitra presided over the marriage of Rama and Sita, which is going to come later. I mean, in the worldly sense, there were so many things which went wrong with the life of Lord Rama and Mother Sita. If you were to give so much importance to all these rituals, it does not protect you from every other thing which you think is inauspicious and which you think is unfavorable for you. Perfectly, Prem. I mean, this following of Ashtami or Navami, for whatever reasons, as you say, is no guarantor that because I didn't follow this, I'm going to get into trouble or because I followed it, I'm foolproof. Because it is up to us to introspect, get deeper meanings, delve deeper into these as to why this logic has been set aside and why this logic has been followed on different occasions. Because Swami says, the understanding which you should have is pain and pleasure is part of life. Just like how Lord Rama, as we are going to see, accepted stoically and bravely whatever came by him. That is how you have to accept it. You're not following these Ashtami Naomi and all these other things to run away from the difficulties which life is going to present to you. It is to give you a better understanding and a higher vision and a kind of stable view to what is going to come to you. I had uh, read another beautiful interpretation. Okay. This was as given by Yukteswar Giri to Sri Paramahamsa Yogananda. I often quote this autobiography of a yogi because you know (laughs) whether anyone likes it or not that's a book I've read so many times so (laughs) I know each and every story and incident there there it so happens that uh, Paramahamsa Yogananda is told to wear an astrological amulet which Mm -hmm. is supposed to protect him from bad luck shield him from all the evil and uh, evil spirits and bad luck and all those things Okay. he just rubbishes it he says I'm not going to wear an amulet to protect me because I have my guru to protect me this is often a question we may get also that why should Ashtami or Navami affect me when I'm doing Swami work. When Swami is there, do you think that an Ashtami or Navami are more powerful than Swami? 
the answer that yukteswar giri gives to parmahamsa yogananda is very interesting he tells him you wear the amulet you need to wear so he says master how can a piece of copper protect me against the planets why do you think the planets are very cruel or against me is it true he says no cruelty is something that you are thinking that is the nature of the planet shani does this guru does this shukra does this that is the nature of the planet you call it as good and uh, cruel that has no color on its own each one is following its nature you feel that the lion is a savage wild beast while a deer is a very friendly loving animal nothing both are equally good or equally bad this is doing their they are doing and you are giving traits so when he tells that he says oh oh then actually then then okay then he says guru that validates my point what i'm saying if they have nothing like this they have no animosity they are just like that why is all this protection why how can a piece of copper protect me i think i am much beyond that and then the guru smiles and says that's exactly the objective of the amulet it is to inspire every person to feel that you know the ashtami or navami or the planets or this or bad luck or whatever friday the 13th there are these things in every part of the globe so all these are actually restrictions which i am not bound by it is in order to invigorate you to break out of that and realize your true identity which is one with the atman once you reach that level you need not follow so in order to inspire you to break out of all these and realize that i am much beyond these restrictions are put so that when the restrictions come only you start thinking telling that why all this restriction no how can this so it is that is why i feel you know swami also says nasukhat labhyate sukham you don't get joy out of joy out of happy situations it is only the sorrowful and troublesome situations that prepare you to receive the joy which is actually permanent all other things are ephemeral so that was another thought that came in my and head also you know, there is one uh, particular saying they say that if you want to make a decision if you are in a dilemma take a coin and toss it you know, as we always do head comes this and tails comes this this is what we would do the saying goes if you are in a dilemma toss a coin when the coin is in air you will want head or tails depending on what choices which you want to make is don't see whether it's a head or tail just do what you wanted it to be mm. you at least get to know that what is it right. that you desire you get to know what you desire and similarly you know we all say that you know i don't believe in this but when we are in a situation where we need external help we will go in search of this it is a sign that you are still in the mode of fear it is a sign that you know we all say that i don't need swami to come to me through somebody i don't need to have some means through which i should because i have a direct connection with swami i have a direct connection with swami but when you're in a situation when you want so desperately swami's intervention and you are not getting a dream or not right. getting at that time can you hold yourself from going to somebody who can connect you to swami yeah that's in quotes that is the thing <laughs> exactly you brought out a very valid so point it just shows in which level you are it's a way of you know measuring yourself you know you try something you do everything you say i don't believe in all this ashtami navami stuff and you try to do something and then, and then something goes bad and then somebody says see i told it ashtami then you also will yeah maybe you know this ashtami is strong so there it shows but the ultimate objective as yukteswar giri said and as swami has also many times shown if i go into that incident it will take time but i remember our premajyoti exhibition was inaugurated on friday the 13th the <laughs> supposed to be unluckiest day in the history of mankind it was a big success and was it's a beautiful story in itself so and there are instances the, the festival of joy the children's festival which was in 2005 right, out 80th birthday yeah 2005 the ceremony began bang during rahu kalam and in fact in the discourse swami said we have started this program in a very inauspicious time oh <laughs> swami made the declaration in the discourse but we know how beautifully that event was organized it really was a festival of joy for all of us who were here 
as it was the festival of joy for everyone in ayodhya and you know as swami writes it was first nature that observed and celebrated this is a very common thing we come across in in all right. all great births you know right. when krishna was born nature rejoiced when swami was born musical instruments played on their own nadaswaram came and nature rejoiced puttaparthi was no longer barren it had been cursed to be a dry barren land so you know it shows that nature is so close to god and when i hear all these green campaign and protect the nature campaign and there are many reasons given scientific and all that personally i feel the most important reason is because nature is the thing that is closest to god you see prem i mean if you're depressed if you're feeling sad if you're feeling frustrated angry whatever you're feeling the best thing you would hope for is if swami was by my side if only i can hold his feet and shed my tears and have his consoling touch on my head but now well it's not that now mahasamadhi has happened so it is not possible because even in the days say 10 years back or 20 years back there's no guarantee that you will get that physical proximity with swami so in such situations i have tried out you know i just go into a wooded land close by and sit among the trees with the birds around and you know chirps and bees are flying about it is such a fantastic experience so phenomenal you feel so much in tune with god you will easily understand why all the sages and saints of your went to the forest to do their meditation because it's so easy to connect with god when you are in nature this is the reason why i feel we should protect nature because it is the thing that we have got closest which can connect us to god which can connect us to our reality and nature always seems to know you know even before before anybody else could recognize rama as the lord nature celebrated even before anybody could realize that duryodhana is a wicked person who will bring about bloodshed and the tears of a million ladies nature revolted you know they say when duryodhana was born jackals and jackasses howled donkeys brayed vultures started screaming i mean all ill omens nature provided so you know we should get close to nature and get intimate with nature because nature is the next best thing to getting a physical representation of god in fact there was that news uh, during the tsunami which hit most of southeast asia hmm. lot of the tribal people living in andaman and nicobar islands actually managed to escape from the the wrath of that tsunami because whenever there is a huge wave coming like that it seems the animals in the island retreat to the innermost part of the island hmm. and that is a sign that there is going to be a huge wave and these people who have the traditional idea of reading nature through the you know expression of these animals and the nature around they came to know that there is something disastrous which is going to happen mm-hmm. so they none of them went out to the sea to do their fishing and all that and they all went right into the island wow now i did not know that it's so so fantastic and uh, they were able to save themselves from the tsunami which even the you know best of science could not save people from right. and something swami always says i think in the discourse swami said see you look for yourself you go out and see mountains see the sky see clouds don't you feel happy you know in a discourse swami started like that and there is another interesting thing even as you were saying about the nature's response to a good event or a unholy one so to say there is i don't know if you have read there's a book called millerepa it is about a tibetan monk he is considered almost like the reincarnation of buddha or a holy spirit mm-hmm. and the moment he decides to leave his body he decides to merge himself back into the consciousness it's supposed to be the most auspicious time mm-hmm. so there's a wonderful description in that particular book of that moment it says that he was one of the greatest teachers of the land so his students also they were in a huge uh, range there were some people who were devotees you know who respected him and revered him there were some who were his disciples and some who had reached almost his state and some who were beginning their journey so there was a huge range of people with different understandings and different levels in the spiritual progress and it says that those who were very advanced saw the heavens open and divine beings coming and showering flowers mm. those who were little less than that they found a glow on the master's face mm. and those who were just mundane 
mundane people they saw the rain and they saw the breeze and the breeze bring fragrance wow so it is one of the most least subtle signs that nature gives about a often auspicious event and hearing that narrative i'm convinced that i'm in the lowest in the scale of evolution <laughs> you know all of us i guess <laughs> recently recently meaning maybe an year ago there was this mahakalashabhishekam all right i remember that incident very vividly because of something that happened you know like this event was in kulwant hall mm-hmm. they had brought a small golden idol of swami right and they would ceremonially bathe that idol with waters taken from i don't know how many hundreds or maybe a thousand eight rivers okay rivers all over the country it's a great event i mean imagine the amount of effort that goes into procuring water from all the rivers of the country okay so you know at that time it was just like a stray thought that in this scenario puttaparthi at that time was facing a water shortage the rains had got delayed there were no rains and this ceremony was starting and i saw gallons and gallons of water being poured and poured and poured and, and it was just a stray thought by the monkey mind saying that oh you know swami you are having so much water <laughs> when there is a acute water shortage you know everywhere nowhere we didn't even you know celebrate holi that year holi is a festival that you play with water and colors mm-hmm. believe it or not prem it is there recorded and it is there for all to read and see that same evening the heavens opened up and it poured and poured and poured and poured and poured and you know the water bodies in and around puttaparthi filled up and i was literally in tears i said swami oh my god i mean i'm sure that you didn't do this in response to my comment but it just shows how nature to celebrates any event we often think that these yagnas these pujas these rituals are also foolish because they are so in quotes unscientific but if we read our epics and scriptures every one every king every sage every great person every scientific genius even people like chanakya and every kind of people everybody encouraged these kind of rituals so it has so happened that sadly we have lost the meaning but there is a lot of profound meaning in these rituals and they definitely bring out the spiritual in us because you know you can see uh, something that is closest to god that is nature if nature is responding definitely you know that it's going to make god also respond well i think we have moved <laughs> away from the story with so many of our thoughts but well it's all swami's will and bhagwan hanuman here reminds us i think that we should go back to rama's story as such you know as soon as the children were born it was time for the naming ceremony right and at that time vashishta sage vashishta who was requested to do the honors and name the children he said that a 10 day period of impurity should be observed before the naming ceremony can be done you know again on the face of it it looks like what is this you know why this period of impurity after all it's a natural process the women have have gone through that they given birth to children but you know the actual reason why this so called 10 day period of impurity was maintained where the mother and child are almost like semi isolated from everyone they just kept is is not because they are impure and they will uh, pollute the others it is because the child is very susceptible in that time right we are impure and the child has <laughs> we, to be protected a almost. child and the mother and you know even scientifically if you read the first 10 days or 15 days of the mother's breast milk is the one that is very 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 rich in antibodies and right. other proteins that give immunity immunity to the baby so you know swami writes of how vashishta says that we should have a 
day period of impurity observed so that nobody should pollute the baby and the queens after which on the 11th day i shall consider it my honor to do the naming ceremony one more reason you know prem it happens mm-hmm. they say that the bonding between the child and the mother okay scientifically it is explained as a survival instinct because when we go by evolution from animals for the safety of the baby it has to cling on to its mother otherwise it's dead in the wild so scientifically it's explained as instinct and they say that that instinct happens when the first few interactions happen between the baby and the mother that is why they say that when ducklings hatch mm-hmm. if they happen to see a man they follow that as the mother if they happen to see a hen they follow the hen as the mother if they see a piece of wood floating on the water they follow the piece of wood as the mother it is so important they call it as imprinting so this kind of bonding takes place between the baby and the mother and that is another reason why this 10 day period of impurity is observed where the child and mother are left to themselves for 10 days after birth after which only the mothers also participate in any kind of function or social gatherings and the baby is also exposed to the world at large i think one thing which is very common you know you look at all these traditions all the rituals we're going to come through much much more as the story progresses the idea is very clear the idea that we have come here for a certain purpose the goal is such and such and we have to lead our life in a certain manner which will lead us to that goal you know understanding that the need for health even if you look at it it is like you know the child is born it is going to go through a journey it is learn something so the body has to be kept healthy there is so much of spiritual understanding in whatever is done that is the most beautiful thing and when vasishta comes for the naming ceremony we're talking about the naming ceremony there vasishta reveals one truth to dasharatha there is a story of kamadenu you know vasishta is supposed to have had the cow by name kamadenu which had the ability to fulfill all, all desires, desires. And the story of Vishwamitra, which maybe sometime in the story when Vishwamitra enters the story, we can talk about how he became a sage. But there is that story where he looks at this cow and he desires to have this cow as the king. He was King Kaushika then. He wants to possess the cow. Right. Yes. So here is a, a sage, you know, who has attained such prowess that he is much greater than Dasharatha himself. Mm. But he is coming and serving as the Purohit in Swami's own words. As a priest. The, huh? As the priest of the kingdom Ayodhya. And actually when he comes to confer names on these four little children, he reveals to Dasharatha his ulterior motive and I think we'll listen to that in Swami's own words ulterior in quotes for those <laughs> right. who cannot see our expressions right and this was a discourse which Swami gave in the year 1996 I think we've taken a lot of clips from that series it was a summer course in which Swami spoke extensively about the Ramakatha Rendavadinamu Guru Vainakvanti Vasishpilavaran Thishkoni ee pillavanika swasthi vachakamilu bojin chetvanti nimittamai anaga vachakamilu paluke nimittamai Thishkoni vellayadu The following day, Vasista has taken the boy along with him to start the formal learning. Leka leka puttinat vinti kumarunni swasthi vachakamilu cheta asirvadinchamani prathinchadu guruvunu. Dasharatha prayed to his preceptor, asking, seeking his for, for his blessings to his son Rama. Vasista varu velleru. Vasista went. Biddanu chuchadu. He saw the boy. Kani yemi palukuledu. He didn't say anything. He stood standstill. Dasaratha Maharaju. Dasaratha again reminded of his prayer. Dasaratha, The preceptor said, O King Dasaratha, I have forgotten myself. How can I bless your boy? The purpose for which I have come here. That very purpose that brought me here is fulfilled. 
వశిష్ఠ ఇస్ హైలీ సర్వజ్ఞుడు హి నోస్ ఆల్ కాని అయినప్పటికీ దశరథ మహారాజు ఇంటి లోపల కేవలము పురోహితునిగా నియమించడానికో ఉండినటువంటి అంతరార్థం ఏమిటి వాట్ ఇస్ ఇన్ సిగ్నిఫికెన్స్ బిహైండ్ ద ప్రిసెప్ట్ ఆఫ్ వశిష్ట సర్వింగ్ ఇన్ దశరథ దౌ హి సో పవర్ఫుల్ అండ్ మై దశరథ నీ ధనము నాకు అక్కర్లేదు నీ గౌరవ మర్యాదలు నాకు అక్కర్లేదు నీ పీఠస్థానము నాకు అక్కర్లేదు నేను వచ్చినది నీ గృహంలో శ్రీమన్నారాయణమూర్తి జన్మించబోతున్నాడు అతని దర్శించే నిమిత్తమై నేను ఈ విధమైన పనిలో నేను ప్రవేశించానన్నాడు వశిష్ట దశరథ ఐ డోంట్ వాంట్ యువర్ పవర్ ద పెల్ఫ్ ఇన్ ద మనీ ఐ డోంట్ వాంట్ ఎనీ పొజిషన్ ఐ హావ్ కమ్ హియర్ టు సీ శ్రీమన్నారాయణ స్వరూపమును నేను ఈనాడు దర్శించాను టుడే హెడ్ విజన్ నా చిరకాల వంచ నెరవేరినది ఇట్స్ మై లాంగ్ డిజైర్ నేను ధన్యుడనైనాను my life is redeemed inka itaniki nenu swasthivachakam ye reethiga cheppali how am i to bless him now nenu anta agnanini kaadu annadu i am not that ignorant as you think paramaatmanaku swasthivachakalu cheptamlo undinatvanti yokka agnanamu chepparanatvantidi you cannot estimate the ignorance when one wants to bless the very god telisiyu neni ee agnanamlo munagatamu idi chaala porapaatu in full knowledge i cannot afford to be innocent janminchinatvanti vaadu sriman narayanudu the one who is born is sriman narayana god nee putravatsalyam cheta mayalo muniki untunnavu because of your affection towards your son you are deluded ani cheppi kantidaralu kaarchukuntu venukoku velladu so saying he was shedding the tears of joy and returned idi intatto poledu it didn't stop there modalu ఈ జన్మనం జరిగిన తర్వాత జన్మోదయం జరిగిన తర్వాత దాసి వచ్చి దశరథ మహారాజునకు అయ్యా పుత్రప్రాప్తి కలిగింది అని చెప్పింది ఇమీడియట్లీ ఆఫ్టర్ బర్త్ ద సర్వెంట్ మే టోల్ దశరథ యు హ్యావ్ ఎ సన్ ఈ వార్త నిమిత్తమై కాచుకున్నటువంటి దశరథుడు రత్నాలహారమును ఆ దాసికి అందించాడు లిసనింగ్ టు దిస్ వెరీ గుడ్ న్యూస్ దశరథ ప్రజెంటెడ్ the necklace of diamonds to the servant maid appuda sevakuralu anaga aa dasi ee ratnalaharamnu angeekarinchaledu that servant maid did not accept this necklace of diamonds prabhu nenu aa bittani ettukoni aadinchi paadinchi laalincheetundi bhagyam naaku anugrahiste ante chaalu ee ratnalaharam naaku akkaraledu annindi the servant maid said okay it's enough if i fondle the baby caress the baby and make the baby dance and play i don't want this money lokamulo laukikamaina bhautikamaina prakrutamaina tanti vastuvulasannu aasinche tanti vaari andaro untunnaru there are many people who aspire for worldly wealth and money kaani ee dasi aa pillavani poshinchi ettukoni aadinche tanti pani maatrame naaku chaalunannadi but the servant maid said that is enough if she is given the charge of taking care of the baby okokari prapti janmantra sukrutrujeta ee vidhamainatundi yokka pavitra bhavamulu aavirbhavistuntai it's only the deservedness that they get out of the past merit of the previous lives that make them have such feelings wow you know it is so 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 beautiful i just can't help but think of swami you know whenever we describe rama or krishna it is so similar one was a a person who is great beyond all attainments you know we spoke about vashishta how he is a spiritual giant he has no need for any worldly wealth because you know he is the one who has kamadhenu under him and even he was desirous of meeting rama just as that a humble maid servant you know who was 
truly truly a beautiful woman because she recognized the ram ratan dhan you know if you can call it so she said i don't want ratan this ratan that is the diamond because i have got the diamond of rama's name give me the chance to play with the baby you know i just feel that if we can have that kind of aspiration that is the wealth we should seek the wealth of being close to our sai rama being close to our swami being close to rama that is what vashishta sought i mean being close to rama was more important and grander than his spiritual wealth and material prowess and for the dasi you know who would have never in her life been able to afford one diamond stone she is getting a diamond necklace which she is spurning and saying no let me get a chance to be near rama i think swami narrates all this so that we derive inspiration and we also feel that the greatest treasure that we can achieve in our life is we also should be close to swami and that is more important than everything else in life let us be near and dear to our swami and as you said very similar to what we experience with swami and uh, having come to this series after having spoken about swami's life itself you know very similar thing happens you know you have subama who says that i'm not bothered about my high class i'm not bothered about what the brahmins will think of me and i will be ostracized from my society he said here is the lord i recognize him i am ready to give up everything and that is what swami's grandfather said kondamaraju you know when he says that i want to go and live separately they ask him what do you want do you want to build a house for you he said no just send satyam with me and swami saying that you know these are all souls which when that moment of choice comes have made the right choice because of all the goodness which they've done which all the punya which they've gathered over their past births and i think that is like an acid test for us also prem do we seek swami or seek right. the wonders of his hand i feel that is the acid test because this acid test is not for swami to judge who we are it is for us to know ourselves where we stand and whenever this choice has to be made between swami and anything else let us pray that we have the wisdom and let us pray that we are selfish enough to choose the best which is swami whether it is swami versus career swami versus wealth swami versus relationships let us have the wisdom of all these great people of the past and of the present to be able to choose the ultimate which is swami i think that is the inspiration we should derive and that is the prayer we should have when we do it as we say hanuman is listening here and hanuman is an epitome of that kind of sacrifice because you know he is supposed to be the strongest person we have heard read about stories of how he not only defeats the rakshasas bhima his younger brother who is supposed to have the strength of 10000 elephants right he is defeated by hanuman who is a mere monkey and hanuman you know he also has all the boons of the world all the gods have given him different boons and yet what do we know hanuman for we know hanuman as the devotee of lord rama because i think i don't know but if i am able to go into hanuman and think like hanuman i think that will be the proudest badge that will be the greatest badge that hanuman will be ever able to wear correct me lord hanuman if i am wrong that i am a devotee of rama and rama is what i seek and you know speaking incidentally just like that maid servant swami also narrates of that story of hanuman and the pearl necklace but i think i am jumping the gun too much here but so many similarities so many memories but more than anything else it inspires me so much personally that come what may the best is to seek the best always and that is god and god alone right you know even as you're talking of hanuman my god this story of ramayana is drawing us to jump the gun so much you know that's exactly even what angada does you know when hmm. he goes as the uh, emissary of lord rama you know the moment ravana sees anga angada we've spoken of this before vali is one of those people whom ravana feared because Ra- vali is also one of those very very valorous people who has defeated ravana in a one on one battle so when angada comes and introduces himself as the son of vali Ravana is like taken aback 
He's saying, you have no idea how great a father you have and you're going and serving this Lord Rama. And Angadai says, that's exactly what I've come to tell you. I am the son of that great Wali and I am serving Lord Rama. Imagine, my father was killed by this Rama and he is coming after you. Watch out. <laughs> you know, that is the sense of pride which Hanuman also exhibited, Angada also exhibited. We have so many achievements. You know, we might be born in a very, very illustrious family. We might have achieved so many things through our efforts. But our greatest honor is that we are representatives of him or we are related to him or we are a devotee or a disciple of his. Perfect. Coming back from the divine digression into the <laughs> divine story of how after 10 days, it is a grand ceremony. You know, a stadium has been specially erected and seating arrangements have been made in such a manner so that <laughs> everybody can watch the divine children being named and three special thrones have been kept aside for the three mothers, the three walk-in and uh, Swami writes so beautifully, he says that the three appear as if they are the mother of the entire creation. One appears to be like the mother of Brahma, one appears to be like the mother of Vishnu and the other appears to be like the mother of Mahesh. Like the Trinity, the mothers of the Trinity, they appear like that as they walk in and sit and, you know, Vashishta, we heard Swami narrate how, what were his aspirations and inspiration to come to Dasharatha in the kingdom of Ayodhya. Vashishta, when his eyes fall on the four babies, first he looks at Rama, you know, Swami writes that Rama gives such a beautiful smile that Vashishta is just unable to resist. It is almost as if Rama is inviting him, calling him closer to embrace the child. He is so strongly attracted that he proclaims and he says the first baby here should be named Rama because Rama means he who pleases. And anybody who looks at the baby suddenly starts feeling happy with no reason. You know, starts chuckling, forgets all his worries, all his pain, all his suffering, whatever one has and becomes so lighthearted and so happy. Rama is he who pleases and therefore this baby is named as Rama. In another place, Swami describes this event. Swami says that the little child is actually yearning to go towards Vasishta, you know, mm. putting its hand uh, towards Vasishta and kind of pleading to be picked up. You look at it, here is Vasishta who's overwhelmed with emotions when he's seeing this baby. And the Lord comes, this baby is overwhelmed to reach out to this Lord. And you know, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says there are four types of devotees Artha, Artharthi, Jignasu, and Jnani. Jnani. And he says, Jnani is the one who is dearest to me and, and goes on to say that I will do anything to go and live with my devotee who has become a jnani. A typically a, a demonstration of that. Here Rama is saying that I yearn to go to my devotees and Vasishta is yearning to go to the Lord. What a beautiful sight and so aptly named Rama because Swami say Ramyate Eti Rama. The one who attracts, the one who draws you. One who pleases. One who pleases. Attraction you, is I think Karshayati Krishna. Krishna. Right, Krishna. Yes. So Rama is he who pleases and Krishna is he who attracts. Well, both are one and the same. I mean, for me, everything just becomes Sai, Sai, Sai. How I wish I could see that beautiful little baby Satyanarayan <laughs> Raju. How sweet and I mean, as an adult, Swami is so sweet and full of beauty. Just imagine as a babe. Oh my God. Ah, just coming back again from fantasies. So, you know, it is not only that Rama's name is so significant because the next child, he names the child as Bharata. Bharata means he who rules. You know, I feel Vashishta is such a great spiritual master. He is easily able to see the future. He knows what is going to happen in the future. So, it is no surprise that he named that baby as Bharata, he who rules. We shall come to that part of the story next. It also says that he is a person who will be always attached to dharma because Bharata is also one of the, uh, the great rulers of that land. Of the land. And in fact, the previous Bharata is the one who gave the name Bharat to this right. land. And uh, again, 
again you know making these two statements that is bharata is one who will adhere to dharma and bharata is the one who will rule subtly the connection is made that he who adheres to dharma is who will rule because dharma rules always dharma is supreme that is a message that will get reinforced again and again throughout the ramayana that is the same message that even vashishta seems to be giving to entire humanity that dharma is the ruler then the next he names as lakshmana lakshmana means he who has auspicious marks it's almost equivalent to saying that he is like a good luck charm no wonder that rama chose to pick him up when he had to go for the exile but lakshmana is uh, supposed to be a good luck charm and the other twin is named shatrugna shatrugna means one who vanquishes enemies so that is how the naming ceremony gets done where vashishta names the four princes as rama bharata lakshmana and shatrugna in the ramakatha raswani swami also adds that when vashishta looks at this little child lakshmana he also realizes that this child is born to serve vishnu and lakshmi he hmm. says this child is born for the service of you know the mother who is going to come as sita so that is one of the other reasons why he says lakshmana oh okay very nice now you know after this naming ceremony everybody is happy and you know swami gives a description of how all the maid servants and all the people nurses are vying with each other to be in charge of taking care of the babies and because the babies are so beautiful and spending time with them one is unable to keep track of time also you just go there in the morning it's already evening it's time to leave so when all this is happening a sudden problem crops up and this problem is faced by only one among the three queens that is sumitra sumitra notices that lakshmana is incessantly crying so is shatrugna even better than we narrating this i think we should listen to this in swami's own voice but the only problem is we will have to explain this after the clip is over because swami is in a tremendous flow and i don't think he is allowing the translator to complete his sentence uh, okay so it is definitely beautiful for those who understand telugu even otherwise i think you can make out the uh, the beauty of the language which swami uses to describe this event and we will give a brief description of what swami is telling in this clip after the clip is completed ramulaku venta lakshmanudu rama and then is followed by lakshmana ramulu yokka pratibimbame lakshmanudu lakshmana is the very reflection of bharatanu yokka pratibimbame chatrugnudu chatrugna is the reflection of bharata chatrugnu chatrugnu lekapothe bharatu chanamaina kudannu jeevinchaledu without chatrugna bharata will not live for a moment lakshmanu lekapothe ramulu ye maatram kudannu neeraina thaagaledu without lakshmana rama will not sip even water motta motta sumitraku ee chatrugnudu lakshmanudu janminchina tachchadame జోనలోసి మూపుతూ ఉంటుండాలి ద మూమెంట్ ద చిల్డ్రన్ వర్ బోర్న్ దేవర్ పుట్ ఇన్ ద క్రేడిల్ కౌశల్య రాముని జోనలో వేసి మూపుతుంటే రాముని కిలకిల నవ్వుతూ ఆడుకుంటూ ఉన్నాడు అండ్ రామా వాజ్ సింప్లీ స్మైలింగ్ అండ్ ప్లేయింగ్ వైల్ రెస్టింగ్ ఇన్ ద క్రేడిల్ కైక భరతుణ్ణి జోనలో చూస్తుంటే అతను కూడా చక్కగా ఆనందిస్తూ కిలకిల నవ్వుతున్నాడు while kaika was there near the cradle where bharata was lying bharata also was playing ani shatrugnudu lakshmanudu పుట్టినది మొదలుకొని ఆహార పానీయములు విసర్జించి నిరంతరం కూడా నువ్వు ఏడుస్తూ ఉండటమే బట్ లక్ష్మణ అండ్ శత్రుఘ్న స్టార్టెడ్ క్రాయింగ్ రైట్ ఫ్రమ్ ద బర్త్ ఏమి రోగం ప్రారంభించిందో ఏమిటో వాట్ ఈస్ ది కంప్లైంట్ వాట్స్ రాంగ్ ఏ బాధలు కలిగినాయో ఏమిటో వాట్ వాట్ ఈస్ ఎందుకు ఈ బిడ్డలు ఎరువురు కూడా ఈ విధంగా ఏడుస్తున్నారని చెప్పని చాలా భయపడిపోయి దశరథ మహారాజు చెప్పింది they were very much afraid of the situation because these two kids started crying from the beginning they also give appropriate treatment kaani ye maatramu taggaledu but there is no relief mantramu yantramu tantramunu kuda nu kattinchindi they administered all these things mantra yantra tanni yokka prema sahajame kada it's natural for a mother to have ye baadhu emu teliyedu 
they don't know the actual complaint anek recommendment cheppina vaaru mandulantha andistu vachindi they did all the treatment that is told dinne dinamunaku ee edpu adhikam avuthu vachinde kaani kontaina taggaledu the crying was more and more day after day కడపటికి విధి లేక వశిష్ఠుల వారిని ప్రార్థించింది అల్టిమేట్లీ ఫైండింగ్ నో అదర్ ఆల్టర్నేటివ్ ది ఆస్ట్ వశిష్ఠ అప్పుడు వశిష్ఠ వారు ఐదు నిమిషముల ధ్యానంలో నిమై తదుపరి లేచి అమ్మ సుమిత్రాదేవి మీరు ఏ ఔషధములు అందించనక్కర్లేదు వశిష్ఠ మెడిటేటెడ్ ఫైవ్ మినిట్స్ అండ్ సెట్ సుమిత్ర లక్ష్మణ తీసుకెళ్లి రాముల జోలులో పండబెట్టు మేక్ లక్ష్మణ లై బై ది సైడ్ ఆఫ్ రామ్ తీసుకుని వెళ్లి భరతుని చోట పండబెట్టు మేక్ శత్రుఘ్న లై బై ది సైడ్ వారిద్దరు ఒక జోలలో వారిద్దరు ఒక జోలలో పండబెట్టు సీ దట్ బోత్ ఆఫ్ దెమ్ విల్ బీ ఇన్ ది డిఫరెంట్ క్రేడిట్స్ మీరు ఏ మాత్రము ఇంకా ఏచరవన్నింది దెన్ ది విల్ నాట్ క్రై ఎనీ లాంగ్ అప్పుడు వశిష్ఠుల వారు చెప్పినట్టుగా విని కౌసల్య పర్మిషన్ తీసుకొని కైక పర్మిషన్ తీసుకొని ఈ ఇరువురు పిల్లలను తీసుకుని వెళ్లి శత్రుఘ్ని భరతుని ప్రక్కలో లక్ష్మణ్ణి రామ ప్రక్రియ పండబెట్టి జోలు లూపింది అండ్ సుమిత్ర టుక్ పర్మిషన్ ఫ్రమ్ కౌసల్య అండ్ కైక అండ్ మేడ్ లక్ష్మణ లై బై ది సైడ్ ఆఫ్ రామ అండ్ శత్రుఘ్న లై బై ది సైడ్ ఆఫ్ భరత ఈ రాములు ప్రక్కలో పండుకున్నాడో లేదో రా లక్ష్మణుడు ఒక్క క్షణంలో నిద్రపోయాడు ద మూమెంట్ లక్ష్మణ ఇచ్చిన ఆహారంతా భుజిస్తున్నాడు ఈ స్టార్టెడ్ కిలకిల నవ్వుతున్నాడు ఆడుతున్నాడు ఈ దృశ్యాన్ని చూచింది సుమిత్ర సుమిత్ర చాలా ఆశ్చర్యం వేసింది మరి వశిష్ఠుల వారిని ప్రార్థించింది ఈ ఆనందమునకు ఈ ఏడుపు పోవడానికి కారణం ఏమిటి స్వామి కొమ్మ చెట్టుకు అంశము బ్రాంచ్ is the spark of the tree inka manavattam anetundi daivatmanuku amsham human is the spark of the divine kommu chettuni vidichi kommu bratakaledu branch cannot live without the tree kallini vidichi bidda bratakaledu child cannot live without mother kabatti paramaatmanu vidichi jeevudu undaledu therefore the individual cannot live without god kanukane ఈ పరమాత్మడైనటువంటి రాముని చేరేటప్పటికే ఈ లక్ష్మణికి ఇంత ఆనందం వేసింది అని దేర్ఫోర్ లక్ష్మణ ఇస్ సో హ్యాపీ బికాస్ ఈజ్ ఇన్ ది కంపెనీ ఆఫ్ తన స్వస్థానమైనటువంటి రాముని చేరాడు ఈజ్ ఇన్ ఇట్స్ ప్లేస్ నిత్యానందం పరమ సుఖదం కేవలం జ్ఞానమూర్తి దట్ ఈస్ ఎటర్నల్ సుప్రీం బ్లిస్ విస్డమ్ ఏ రాముల నుంచి ఆ పాయసంలో అందుకున్నాడో ఆ రాముని దగ్గరనే చేరడానికి ఈ లక్ష్మణుడు ఇంత పరితపించాడు అండ్ హీ వాంటెడ్ టు రీచ్ Rama ultimately having come out of him in the beginning. Ye Bharatuni paayasam nundi udbhavinchado aa shatrugnu aa Bharatun daggara cheyaledappatiki itani dukkham challarindi. Shatrugna also is born out of the same pudding and therefore when he is in the company of I was happy. Swasthanamunu cheriyanta varaku kudanu ee jeeviki taapamu tappinadi kaadu. Therefore the individual has to suffer until he reaches his original place. Swasthanamunu tappa mari ye sthanamlo chechinappatikini ee dukkham maatram nivarana kaadu. other than that original place wherever he goes he is bound to jalamulo jeevinchetuvanti chepa the fish that lives in water vadra vaiduri manaka maniki gomedhiki pishwaragamto chakka padinatuvanti bangaru ginnalu tiskeli pettite deeniki enta taapam untundi if you keep that fish in a golden vessel studded with all precious gems it will suffer ee precious vilu daniki em artham kaadu it doesn't understand it bangali vilu thanake em akkarledu it doesn't want go tana swasthanam jalam kavali but it wants its original place jalamulo cheyenta varakunu ee chepa enta parthapistundo adhe vidhamugane janmasthanam enti paramaatmanu cheyenta varakunu jeevaatmudu inta parthapistuntadu 
the fish suffers until it goes back to its water the original place also the individual suffers inaadu lokamulo entha mandi shreemanthulu leru in this world there are many rich people entha mandi balavanthulu leru there so many strong people entha mandi saukya santoshamuntha utrutuke varu leru the people of comforts and conveniences kaani anni sukhamulu untunnai they have all comforts kaani manasika aanandamu ledhu but they don't have mental happiness karanam emiti what's the reason even ni kaadu ni manasika aanandani karanam they don't give happiness mentally ni swasthanam ante aatmasthanaanni cheyali you should reach that center of atma the spirit apude nee shanti santoshamu then you will have peace and happiness
listeners i think prem and me had uh, left you in the middle those who do not understand telugu about that beautiful description that swami gives well i will try to sum it up here swami narrates so beautifully as to lakshmana and shatrughna incessantly crying you know and uh, we felt that it would be best to hear swami's description because swami has lived that so it's an autobiographical account and so it's easy for him to describe he says how kausalya is singing out a lullaby and putting rama to sleep at the same time kaika is singing a lullaby and putting her son bharata to sleep while the mother sumitra devi as she is trying to put her two twins the two children to sleep they are just not sleeping they are restless they are crying and she is worried she goes and uh, lodges a complaint with the father dasharatha who gets in the best medical assistance possible and the doctors examine they find nothing wrong it's everything is fine health wise they are fine they are being well fed they are on comfortable beds and yet they are dissatisfied and crying so nobody seems to have an idea as to why the twins are crying and swami says after all a mother's heart is the softest and sumitra is unable to bear with his pain so she goes to vashishta the preceptor divine preceptor and asks him the cause for the problem and swami says that vashishta meditates for 5 minutes he even <laughs> specifies the time for 5 minutes he closes his eyes he meditates comes out of meditation knows the answer and he says see sumitra do just do this pick up lakshmana and go and place him in rama's cradle pick up shatrughna and go place him in bharata's cradle they will stop crying and he explains saying that you know if you realize Lakshmana has been born from that part of the pudding which Kausalya gave you and Shatrughna is born from that part of the pudding which was given to you by Kaikeyi and therefore Lakshmana is actually a part of Rama Shatrughna is a part of Bharata and as long as you keep them separate they will cry and they will be restless put them together once they get union with their respective lords they will be happy and what beautiful conclusion swami drew at the end of that uh, narration it was so profound swami saying that unless you go back to your source you saying that this part of the pudding came from that vessel so that is the source unless somebody is heading back to the source they will not find fulfillment and joy and swami drawing that and then swami saying that you know the beautiful example of swami saying you take a fish put it in a golden in a container which is started with 18 types <laughs> of gemstones which swami described swami one after another in a few seconds you can put it in a vessel as uh, ornate and as expensive as that but if you are not going to give it water that fish is definitely going to suffer swami says that that is the same plight with man you know you can have all the riches and comforts in the world but if you are not having the joy of being in the company of the lord the source the source you are not going to find your fulfillment and happiness. happiness is union with god so beautiful you know prem i feel this is a mantra you know the happiness is union with god 
because we will never complain about life as long as we are happy and all the times we are unhappy in life we are sad we are frustrated or angry are those times when we have lost our connection with our source our connection with god if we can meditate on the meaning and the subtleties and the grand profundity that this mantra holds happiness is union with god i think i think that's it life is done life is made and uh, beautifully swami brings it out with this episode saying that for lakshmana and shatrughna too you know the happiness was union with the lord back to their source and therefore when they're back with their source they're no longer crying and there's also a beautiful thing in the sense see valmiki ramayana doesn't speak of this paisam being distributed in this manner mm. you know valmiki ramayana in fact says that dashratha first goes to kaushalya gives her one half of the paisam from the vessel mm. goes to sumitra next because she is the second queen okay gives her one half of the remaining which is one quarter okay okay uh. and then uh, valmiki says that three fourth of the paisam is been already distributed and then he goes to kaikeyi and gives one half of what is remaining which means only 1/8 okay finally to kaikeyi is it yeah finally uh. to kaikeyi so still 1/8 portion is left and then it seems dasharatha thinks that i think the most unfortunate among the three queens will be sumitra because you know there are some disadvantages of being the middle one in fact that is what even bhima says in one particular part in the sanskrit uh, it is called madhyama vyayoga yeah right the the tragedy of being, being the middle, the middle one. one because it said the eldest one is always endeared by the father the youngest and, uh, is endearing to the right, mother to the, the youngest mother, one the middle one is left in the lurch <laughs> left to fend for himself and so, dashata feels that you know poor thing sumitra is the one whom i don't get to give most of my attention so he goes back and gives that last one eighth to sumitra and wow that is complicated mathematics so kausalya has half, half. and sumitra has 1/4 plus 1/8 right that is about 3/8 <laughs> and 1/8 is with kaikeyi okay So that is what Valmiki Ramayana says but here is Swami giving this beautiful explanation of how you know she loses her portion the eagle comes and picks it away and then the other two queens pour in and that is the explanation of why Rama is always with Lakshmana or rather the other way around why Lakshmana is always with Rama and Shatrughna is always in the company of Bharata you know i didn't know that Valmiki Ramayana states that way because for me Ramayana has always been <laughs> Ramkatha Rasavahini Ram, i thought this is what is there in Valmiki Ramayana also but well what better than getting it most authentic i'm sure that if the copy shown to revered sage valmiki he too will definitely accept it and make will bring the next corrections edition. <laughs> in the next <laughs> next edition of the valmiki ramayana so now you know after this lakshmana becomes happy shatrughna is happy and the princes are happy but again another thing that swami beautifully brings out is the plight of sumitra you now she suddenly realizes that while kausalya is happy with her son in her quarters kaikeyi is happy with her son in her quarters sumitra can't have her children in her quarters because her children have to be with the sons of kausalya and kaikeyi always so she never gets that undivided attention of her children and she is actually missing them so much swami writes that she volunteers she volunteers to become the head nurse if we can call so that she spent some time in kausalya's chambers some time in kaikeyi's chambers taking care of not only her children but of rama and bharata as well and she becomes like the chief nurse and the chief maid if you can call so and that is a great sacrifice she does and swami says that is why her name reflects her attitude she is a sumitra sumitra means a good friend she becomes a such a good friend a noble friend absolutely selfless and though you know she feels sad wondering what is it that my children are going to get because you know one is subservient to rama and one is subservient to bharata she doesn't take it in a negative way she takes it in a positive way saying that i will derive inspiration from this and therefore i 
I too will become subservient to Kausalya and Kaikeyi. I will serve them. I will be happy in their presence, just as my children are happy in the presence of their children. You know, it's a very beautiful character sketch of Sumitra because Swami says that initially she said. you know having become the mother of two mm. i'm left as mother of none you know because both sons have now gone to the other mothers mm. but then you know it also shows that because swami often says sumitra she's a good friend it also shows a characteristic of a good friend you know none of us are going to be in a state where we are not going to have any problem but i think we always will see that the best friend whom we have is not the person who complains about his life the best friend will be one who overlooks his own pains and you know doesn't complain about his pains but is ready to come and listen about your worries and to give you a shoulder to cry on you know that's a sign of a good friend and that's exactly what swami is describing as the character of sumitra you know she is having pain and she is a little despondent but she overcomes that she sees the beauty of the situation and she is becoming a servant as you said the head nurse of this she positively resigns to her fate and she is happy doing this and you know that is sumitra's experience swami also narrates about a beautiful incident that happens to kausalya the mm-hmm. eldest queen so kausalya has bathed rama and lakshmana also now because both are together and she has dried their beautiful curls of hair with scented smoke as we discussed previous satsang and she has put them to bed after applying that collyrium dot to ward away the evil eye and you know scenting perfume and on a very very soft bed beautifully swami describes because he has experienced that by the way it reminds me of one little description that i missed that swami has given and i thought i'll just narrate it here okay. during the naming ceremony swami says that the rice was placed over rice a silk cloth is spread mm-hmm. and then the babies are placed okay. before uh, vashta comes and names that was the tradition so here now once she has done this she then decides to you know offer food that is naivedyam to the lord i wonder who was the lord in their shrine you know? there was no rama there was no krishna <laughs> maybe shiva brahma i right. don't know maybe vishnu or uh, yeah some other or might even be the the sun god yeah the being the solar dynasty correct the primary forms of the lord interesting we will have to see in their shrines because as times pass the number of gods in our shrines increase they grow wonder whom they worship but anyway she decides to offer food to the lord and so she has made the food and she goes to the altar and she is offering it and she is lost in her prayer when she opens her eyes to her amazement she sees the little baby rama sitting in the altar and consuming the food that has been offered to the lord she is taken aback and she decides that it is time to give a scolding to the maids and other nurses who have not taken proper care who have neglected rama and allowed him to come here so she rushes back to the room and she sees that rama is lying in the cradle there she wonders who is the maid who has been so fast or how is it rama traveled back so fast back to the cradle she goes back to her puja and she sees that in the altar again rama is there and now the plate is empty literally shocked she rushes back and she sees again rama back in the cradle this time she goes to a nurse who is there and asks why are you not taking proper care of baby rama and the nurse says no no rama has been here only i am looking over the baby there here only nothing her kausalya is just not able to believe it she goes close and she sees that you know, rama's lips are moving he seems to be chewing and relishing some dish so she suspects and she puts with her thumb and four finger she just gently opens rama's mouth the baby rama's mouth and then she has the experience of her lifetime the experience that was conferred on to yashoda the experience that had been conferred on to subama karnam subama the same experience is conferred i think maybe kausalya is the original the first <laughs> she sees the entire cosmos and she sees the the vishva virata rupa of rama that he is lord narayana and she is just thrilled and shocked in awe and just like yashoda is unable to tell this to anybody else ishwaramma is unable to tell this to anybody else kausalya is also unable to tell it to anybody else because 
because even when she makes an attempt, Swami says that she goes and tells Dasharatha that you know her husband. This is what happened. I saw the whole cosmos there. Dasharatha, you know, plays on words and says, I know Rama is like the entire universe for you. So you are seeing him as the entire universe and he laughs it off. But Kausalya is dead serious. She goes and tells it to Vashishta. Says to the royal preceptor that this is what I saw and my eyes didn't fool me. I am sure this was the darshan I had and Vashishta only smiles and he says, Mother, you are blessed. You are blessed for Lord Narayana has taken birth in your womb as your son. It's a great honor. It's a great blessing. Enjoy, enjoy the miracle. Enjoy the leelas of the Lord. And you know, Prem, as I read this, I just couldn't help think of the beautiful relationship that existed between Ishwarama and the baby Satyanara and Raju. Similar incident, similar event, similar revelations. And uh, even the story of she seeing Rama in the cradle and in the altar is very similar to the Virupaksha episode in Swami's life. At Hampi, in the Virupaksha temple. Yes. Right. You know, of course, it was not the mother there, but the brother sees that Swami is in the shrine as well as outside. Right. So, uh, similar. So, that is another incident that Swami has narrated about. And, you know, one more episode, which is not exactly in the Ramkatha Rasavahini, mm-hmm. but Swami has narrated, I think, during the Ram Naomi discourse in 2003. Okay. So, in that Swami narrates that as children, as toddlers, you know, they start crawling on their fours, they start growing up, nobody realizes it's soon, they're almost three-year-olds and they're playing. And Swami says on one occasion, Bharata comes crying, comes crying to his mother, Kaike. What happened? She asks, he says, I was playing with Rama and Rama is very unfair. You know, Swami narrates it like that. He says, so Rama is very unfair and, and Bharata is crying. So, Kaike fondles him, takes him on her lap. Swami says, Kaike's love for Rama is so supreme, so, so huge. She almost loves him more than her own son Bharata. So, she tells, no, no, Rama will not cheat like this. Why do you say Rama would have cheated? I don't think he has cheated. Anyway, tell me what happened. And then Bharata says, Rama is actually better than me in every game. But he never wins. He is always making me win. It is so unfair. He is cheating. He is the better one and therefore he should win. But he never allows that to happen and he always allows me to win. This is so unfair. And Swami says that the mother is just lost in the bliss of the sense of dharma, the sense of justice and the beautiful relationship that exists between the four princes. And this is another incident that Swami has narrated. So right. beautiful. In fact, Swami says that it seems Lord Rama goes to Kaikai and praises Bharata huh. and says that how he keeps winning in all the games. Oh, he's and so he, good. In and he's so happy. And that's the contrast with Swami says, here is Bharata who is winning and crying. And here is the Lord who is losing and happy. And then Swami says that Lord is always happy to lose himself to the devotee. And in fact, this is the one loss which is going to make the Lord very happy. And he he sees his victory in his defeat in such occasions because his devotee's victory is his victory. A beautiful message. As they pass through this toddler phase and they grow up, you know, the king and the queens, they decide that it is time for education now. And Swami narrates of the beautiful educational system that existed in those days. They are sent to the Gurukula, Rishikula, under sage Vashishta. Right, Vashishta and his, I think he is the senior most preceptor and there are other teachers who are taking care of the children there. And uh, we shall go into that, dear listeners. Hope you are enjoying this Ramakatarasavahini as much as we are enjoying reading it and correlating it with our Swami and enjoying the beautiful bliss. We shall now conclude this afternoon satsang. Do send in your feedback. We are eager to listen to them. And as always, we offer our humble pranams at the lotus feet of our dear Swami for giving us this beautiful chance to enjoy the Ramakatha Rasa and our pranams also to Lord Hanuman who is always with us listening to this beautiful story of his Lord. Thank you. Jai Sai Ram. Sai Ram. 
You just heard an episode of our radio program, Afternoon Satsang. This was a segment of Radio Sai's Thursday Live, hosted by Prem and Arvind at 12.30 p.m. Indian Standard Time on Thursdays, only on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. The discussion was on the Ramakatha Rasavahini, a book written by Swami, and today's episode was first broadcast live on 17th April 2014. Dear listeners, we hope you like this program. As always, send us your feedback to listener at radiosai.org. Thank you and loving Sairam from Prashanthi Nilayam.